prosecution outlined how accounting practices what fuck? What? did not What kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'd be in a museum. I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now. It's time for another episode of Gutter Boys. Gutter Boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins, the outs, the highs, and the lows of making comics. I'm your host, JB, with my co-host, Cam. Today's guest is Child Wonderkin, Nate Garcia, a Philadelphia-based cartoonist. Their recent book, Alonzo Sneak, uh, you can pick it up directly from him. Just reach out to him on his Instagram account, Nate Garcia's Cartoons. Uh, his last name does not have an actual S on it, but all of his social media and emails does for some reason. Yes. Uh, good move, Nate. Yeah. Very smart. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, before we get into that, we're going to go ahead and touch on some things here. Uh, this one's going to be a brief intro, mostly because the interview does run a bit long. So yeah, if you're listening to this on the day it drops, it is Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. Uh, September the 6th, we are actually just wrapping up a uh, comics retreat in Hawking Hills, Ohio. Uh, we will be at the Blockfort Studios and Gallery today from 12 to 5 p.m. at 162 North 6th Street in uh, Columbus, Ohio. A lot of people are going to be there uh, besides us. Uh, Brian from Bubbles, uh, Sean Knickerbocker, M.S. Harkness, Brian Moss, Caroline Cash, Sam Zabo, Patrick Ian Rooks, Evan Salazar, Blake Sims, Audra Stang, Mike Fred. Height, Alex Knoll, Dylan Chadwick, Caleb Arecchio, Emmy Genis. I'm probably forgetting somebody, but it's a stacked lineup. Come meet us. Um, I'll actually have a brand new comic out that's making its debut at the show, uh, Vacation 3. Uh, I don't know what JB's going to have. He might uh, plug his shit. You never know. But uh, you can come say what's up to us. I know that you do have to provide proof of vaccination and wear a face mask before you can come in, though. Uh, yes. And Cam, I thought I thought you weren't going to be at the tabling event. So Evan actually got a flight the next day instead. So we will be oh. there. Uh, we're just not oh, nice. staying the night that nice. night. Um, okay. So we'll be headed okay. to town right after the show. We'll head back to Louisville. That's good news. Yeah. That's news to me. And it's good news. Yeah. Okay. So we'll be tabling together. JB and I come say what's up. The roster's stacked. I mean, God, we probably had more than half of those people on the show. Yes. Meet two of the most insufferable podcasters. Yes. On the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, speaking of that lineup, uh, we are doing this uh, week-long cabin retreat in the woods in Ohio. You know, for anybody that's, you know, frowning on, uh, you know, gatherings and whatnot, we all have to be vaccinated and provide negative COVID tests before going. So, you know, we're being as safe as possible. But that being said, uh, we are bringing a mobile podcasting rig with us. So to be completely honest, we're planning on recording a lot of interviews with the, uh, you know, people staying there and uh, a lot of Patreon stuff. Nate McDonough doesn't know this yet, but we're going to do a long boxes style episode for Patreon where we talk about what we're digging for. I haven't told him that yet, but I'm going to force him to do it at the cabin. Uh, stuff like that. So we might have some interesting shows going up on Patreon and we're going to record some normal format interviews with some of the people staying there as well. So uh, we're looking forward to getting a lot of content for the rest of the year to kind of round it out as well. 
Uh, yeah, so come see us today at the Block Fort Studios and Gallery. Uh, bring some money, buy our books, buy everybody else's books. And uh, yeah, just come say what's up. That being said, though, we have a lot of shout outs. We do want to go ahead and get some shout outs in on this episode before we get into our interview with Nate. So uh, first thing here on the top of the pile is another comic from Coco Pollock. Coco sent over copies of their new book, Corpse Star Cycle. And uh, to be honest, you know, I was a fan of the comics that I'd saw before of theirs, but this book is a lot better. Not to say that other stuff was bad, but it felt more cohesive. Uh, I really like the way that the art changes throughout the book. It seems like, you know, there's some splashes going on, you know, full page images, and then it'll go into panels. Uh, really interesting stuff going on, though. You can find Coco online at Coco Pollock 69 and Tobangus, T-O-B-A-N-G-U-S. We also have from Buster Cagle, issue one of The Last Aviatrix. We actually forgot to shout them out on the last episode. So here's our belated shout out. Yeah, that book was really cool. Uh, Buster messaged me saying that, uh, you know, he was trying to channel that uh, early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle energy from the Laird and Eastman stuff. And it's a fun little book. Yeah, black and white, which I love to see. Can't really say much because I don't have it in hand. And yeah, you can uh, check out Buster's work and uh, pick up a copy of The Last Aviatrix on his Instagram at Buster Cagle, C-A-G-L-E. We also got from our friend Ryan Alves, Bubblegum Maelstrom number three in the mail. Uh, this is a full color comic. Yep. Uh, pretty thick too. Has a spine. <laughs> yeah. And it's wild. Uh, I really, really dig his work and uh, I'm glad he's a, he's a fan. Yeah. You can uh, check Ryan out and get a copy at Alvestagram on Instagram. Also want to shout out Ryan Awful Quiet. Uh, Ryan sent in Good, Great, Okay, issue number one. It's a uh, story about Rusty, a um, robot looking character here. Um, I really like the color palette that uh, Ryan used there. Ryan's in our Discord, so uh, he's always posting the stuff that he's working on in there. So it's really cool to see that uh, Ryan's got a comic out. You can check him out on Instagram at Awful Quiet. And then from Kansas City, we have Jordan Kroger, who sent over his trade paperback, The Fist, which collects all previous issues of his self-published title. Uh, he also sent over the first two issues of Tiger Boy vs. The World, uh, which I have not checked out yet, so I'm, I'm very interested to see how this one turned out. I've seen The Fist around. I still have the first couple of issues. Uh, Jordan is someone I ran into quite often at comic shows back when that was a thing. But uh, yeah, Jordan's a great dude solid work ethic he's pumping out the work and he's doing it himself and uh i'm i'm very very interested to see what else he has coming uh, down the pipeline in the future and then uh let's see we have concrete carcass by Kyle Tornaby and Anthony Bianco. This is volume one through three, as well as the last volume of their horror comic. Also black and white. We got a letter from Kyle Tornaby along with the Concrete Carcass issues. Hey, Cam and JB, thanks for taking the time to read these comics. I'm getting to it. Don't worry. <laughs> Concrete Carcass is a queer anti-capitalist horror comic inspired by dead malls and abandoned retail spaces. The initial story was conceived by my friend Anthony Bianco. We both contribute story and design concepts, though he is primarily the writer and I am primarily the artist. I design all the covers and logos and layout of the books. If you like these, there's another volume coming out online towards the end of the summer. Oh, okay. Uh, you can find me and links to my shop and the comics in its entirety for free on Twitter at... Kyle underscore me underscore now and Anthony at Anthony and the mountain dot bandcamp dot com. Hope you enjoy the comics. Kyle, thank you very much for sending over your work. Uh, I do like the uh, the very straightforward black cover of the, the first three volumes. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, he was doing some interesting page layouts that uh, kind of reminded me of like older, like uh, superhero kind of stuff, um, even though that's not what the book is. But there were some page right, layouts yeah. that seemed very yeah. like classically influenced that I thought were pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, you can get a copy of that and check out Kyle online at Stop Making SNES, uh, S-N-E-S on Instagram or Patreon.com forward slash Kyle Tornby. Yeah, the that's also one of the few writer and artist teams that you see in small press. It's not that common. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, you don't really see it too much. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. So, uh, you know, props to y'all for making it work. And last but not least, uh, for this episode, we have the brand new issue of Sludgy, Sludgy number three that Rob Mursky sent over. Uh, Mursky sent us every issue of uh, Sludgy so far, and uh, it's always a treat to get. Uh, kind of reminds me of the old Harvey comics with, you know, a little bit more of a mature spin on it. Uh, that's also got humorous moments. Uh, you know, Sludgy is uh, made of like toxic waste, uh, but kind of reminds me of like a Casper the Friendly Ghost as far as like the way he looks just imagine that but you know melting and um yeah Mursky does a really good job and with each passing issue it seems like sludgy becomes more and more defined uh you can check out his work at Mursk tunes on instagram and uh definitely recommend checking this one out i know strangers always gets Mursky's books so even though he's up north in canada uh for you u.s people if you want to save on shipping just hit up strangers if you want to send us books, we always post stuff on our Instagram and tag you and, you know, shout you out here on the show. Just message us at Gutter Boys Pod. Uh, the reason why JB hasn't seen some of them is because I usually send them over once or twice a month. Just kind of let a few stack up. That way we can save on shipping. Uh, so, you know, that being said, though, he always does get them. And you can message us for one address to save on shipping and uh, we'll hook you up with that. So, um, you know, there's a few of you all that have been uh, rating and reviewing our podcast. Uh, so we appreciate that. Uh, you know, like we said a couple episodes ago, when we put out a new shirt we're gonna draw from the uh, list of reviewers for a free shirt uh, the next time one comes out so uh, if you want to leave us a one star five star whatever however you feel you know we got some bad ones on there we got some good ones mainly good yeah so if you want to leave us a review you know just go ahead and leave us one and before we get out of here you know we got to plug our patreon at gutterboys.top or patreon.com forward slash gutterboys every month you can get pimp digest uh, delivered to you it's a zine uh, that always has our friends and artwork from us or you can just get bonus episodes or both i really think that when you're hearing this it's september i think that uh this will be the first month of the uh, hawking hills content so uh we'll be announcing what that is on the next episode and you know through social media and so forth but uh, it'd probably be a good month to check it out if you haven't yet and that's at gutterboys.top or patreon.com forward slash gutterboys so we're going to take a quick break and when we return we will be joined by nate garcia so stay tuned we'll be right back Rust Belt Review is a quarterly comics lit magazine featuring serialized and short-form comics from some of the most exciting cartoonists in the small press scene today. Volume 1 features work from Gutter alums M.S. Harkness, Audra Stang, and Caleb Arecchio, along with work by Andrew Greenstone, Sean Knickerbocker, and Juan Jose Fernandez. You can order your copy of Rust Belt Review today by going to rustbeltreview.org. Enter in promo code GUTTER to receive two bucks off your order. Again, that website is rustbeltreview.org. Promo code GUTTER. Floodland brings together a series of personal and natural disasters featured in comics by Australian cartoonist and cult hero Jonathan McBurney. 
Beginning with the protagonist's chronic illness, it relates a long period of bizarre artistic practices, awkward art school relationships, the brutal reality of the 9 to 5 grind of the submerging artist, and culminates in the massive flood in his hometown. The peripheral characters whose lives orbit the same places and occasionally overlap through mundane circumstances include Batskiat, an artist come superhero whose successes are vastly out of proportion with his talents, Picasso Minotaur, a brawny beefcake sculptor with fire in his belly and hate in his heart, and Kirby Kelly, a hapless and constantly flummoxed experiment gone wrong. Floodland is a 96-page hardcover available from ArgleBargleBooks.com. Check out JonathanMcBurney.com and King underscore of underscore nails on Instagram for more beefcake, wrestling, and existential conundrums. Now, back to our program. Welcome back from the break. Uh, today, we are joined by Philadelphia-based child cartoonist, Nate Garcia. Uh, <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, no, Nate, are you 19 now? Yeah, I'm 19 now. Alrighty, still, so Still ripe. Yeah, so uh, Nate is here today just running circles around everybody. You probably know him for his books, uh, Alonzo Sneak, as well as his one-man anthology, Horn Rim. We're actually really happy to have him on the show. It's been uh, a long time in the making, but uh, let's just go ahead and uh, start it off with what everybody wants to hear today. Nate, what did you have for breakfast? Well, I had three donuts for my fat brown body, and uh, they were great. Hell yeah. What kind of donuts? Were they just like plain glazed? What kind of donuts are no, you rocking with? No, there's a place in Philly called Dottie's Donuts, and I go there sometimes, and I had a they have, they have a pumpkin cheesecake filled Fuck. donut okay and it was it was too much yeah uh, yeah it was too, too much rich or whatever yeah way too rich and and then i had um they have this flavor called chocolate oreo cold brew got that that sounds like then, too much how was that oh that was perfect okay. it was perfect okay. yes yeah, this place is so bougie it's 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 great so what are the donuts put you back is it like three for 12 it's uh oh no i just got three donuts i i it was like Two two fifty each. Oh, okay. So they're not taxing, taxing. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. JB, are you a donut dude? I am. Uh, not as much. Like it's not something I get on the regular. Right, you know? right. But uh, Jill, my girlfriend, fucking loves donuts. Like we've gotten Krispy Kreme delivered here like ten times at least oh. since we moved here. Hell oh. yeah. I don't know if this is like only in Louisville. I'm sure it's everywhere. But if you uh, pass a Krispy Kreme and the lights on, that means that the donuts are fresh. Mm. so yeah yeah i mean i can't i can't front man they're really good so yeah no totally the uh i'm a glazed guy but i like a cake donut like a a blueberry or strawberry cake donut yeah that's nice yeah if you're ever at dunkin donuts at a show or something because you've heard of this little place called dunkin donuts well i just feel like (laughs) (laughs) dunkin every every show i've been to comics wise like the there's always a dunkin donuts to get an iced coffee nearby and i always get a cake donut for breakfast if they uh, always put way too much milking those things oh yeah i just asked for it black yep and, and the craziest thing is when you ask somebody who works in like a fast food kind of establishment for a black coffee they're like what the fuck oh like, yeah they yeah, think yeah, you're insane yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like I you just... don't want to go into diabetic coma <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i just like it black you know so yeah same yeah, same my mm. girlfriend sometimes gets it 
it's just so much milk. Mm-hmm. It, it just looks like a. It just looks like a, just white. It's just like a white drink. Yeah. No good. No good. Just well, drink milk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Half like and at half that point, just... you're just drinking milk. Yeah. Yeah. I've got no interest. I, I, I like it real bitter. Hell yeah. So uh, Nate, uh, what are you working on right now? I know Alonzo Sneak just came out, but I mean that's yeah. your like second book this year. And uh, yeah. you know, I, I talk to you a lot, and you're always fucking working on something. So what are you working on right now? Right now, I'm like five pages into my next book, but I'm going really slow and just taking my time with it because I'm working at the zoo right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm also just, I'm doing like pet portraits right now. I'm doing just like miscellaneous commission work right now too. Just juggling a lot of milk jugs. And I, I, I'm i almost done with uh, like figuring out everything I want to put in the book. Mm-hmm. But it, it's all just a... It's all just Play-Doh right now. Right. Is it? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen still. Is it Horn Rim 4? Is it more Alonzo stuff? Or oh, no. Know? Yeah, it's more Alonzo stuff. I don't know when I'll do another Horn Rim book. Oh, okay. You think it might be done? Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like the one-man anthology is like a little bit like on the nose. Like uh, having every issue be like different stories. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like it could be more fun to have one world kind of but with different kinds of stories in that same uh playing field if that makes sense like i just want to branch out a focused idea and and instead of just doing random things it's interesting that you know you've already made that decision for yourself because you know all jokes aside you know i said child cartoonist at the uh, beginning of the show <laughs> but uh i mean you are very young and it's you know you've got what four comics that you've put out already plus like a sketchbook zine and that's what i know of i don't know if you were putting stuff out you know before i was aware of your work but have comics like you know been around your whole life i mean obviously you're in like you know real deep right now yeah so what's your relationship with them uh well i started making uh folded comics in 2008 and, and how old are you then in 2008? For, uh, first grade. Okay. So like, Jeez. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what the fuck were these about? Tying shoes? Like, what? No, no. They, they were Nate, about. Tell them what they're about. Yeah. Tell them, tell them the truth. Tell the listeners the truth. They were about my teacher, Mr. Vanka, or oh. I, call, I call her Kim now, but okay. she, she, she had this just crazy, um, booty. No, no. <laughs> she had a crazy <laughs> Texas 28 year old woman life. And she would tell us these stories about her roommates, about her friend's band, about this on and off boyfriend. And I would just soak it all in. She was my muse. <laughs> and I would just, she, she would just tell us these stories and she, and then I would go home and I would make a whole, like, I would just make a zine about it. I would just give it to her. And she has all of them still. It's just like a huge stack. I think it's like 60 books or something like that. It's cool that she took it so well because some people would take that as serial killer behavior. Oh, yeah. It's very serial killer behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, people in Texas, they give you the benefit of the doubt. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, all they got to do is like, you know, reach on their belt and pull out their gun if something goes wrong. So, right. You know, yeah. No, I think that's actually like really awesome. And so after that, though, I mean, were you doing comics? at? Did you do all 60 of those comics while you were in first grade? Or is this a character you worked with, you know, for a while when you were a child? Uh, it was a while, and then so I, I think it was like 2008 to like probably like 2009 or 2010. The beginning of it was whenever I stopped and I branched off, and then I had a character named Unratty Fratty, which was just Ratatouille. It's just ripping it off. Just a rat who didn't like to be a rat. And I used to do this thing when I was little, where I would watch a movie, and I would have a huge stack of computer paper, and I would watch two seconds of the movie and then I would draw that part of the movie with speech bubbles 
I would just make like Spider-Man to the graphic novel in like a day, but it's just like stick figures and shitty artwork. So and you mentioned, how, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. That's just how I absorbed the movies I watched. Yeah. So were you mainly getting inspiration from the movies or were you actually like seeking out the comics? Oh no, I was just watching the movies. You know, I, I, I didn't really like, uh, really know about superhero comics until I think like the end of second grade. And then I, I saw the Kevin Smith and Stanley interview. Do you know this this uh, this video? It's like called something like Monsters, Mutants, and Marvels, and it's Kevin Smith interviewing Stanley for like forty five minutes, and then it shows like all the old covers, mm-hmm. and I'd never seen those before, and so that's that really really inspired me. Well, and one thing, you know, that is really impressive is your style already seems so refined. So you probably never stopped drawing or making art, I'm assuming, as you were growing up. Yeah, never stopped. When I was in middle school, I think was the height of my love for comics. And I would get so depressed that I couldn't finish a book because I used to make these small books in first grade. And then by middle school, I was like in sixth and seventh grade. And I would just do, um, I stopped doing the books and I would just draw on a piece of paper and then put it in a sleeve and a binder and then those would be the pages. Mm-hmm. But the thing is I would draw one page and then color that one page and then run out of steam and then be sad. I could never finish it and I would start over. And so I really fell out of love with it and I just felt like uh, I would just feel like I couldn't do anything. And I kept the drawing but I didn't start doing comics again until the end of junior year in high school. And throughout high school, I didn't do any kind of comics at all. And I just wanted to be a rock star. Like, Hell uh, yeah. <laughs> in a band. And then I fell back in love with it. You said you weren't really, you know, reading comics growing up. So how how did you get exposed to them to even know how to make them? I mean, was it just something that you were just like, you knew of like in the peripheries of your mind? Or did you actually have some books around the house? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The first, those first zines I did for my teacher in 2008 were just um, pretty much like the Junie B. Jones, like children's books, like that. They were like, um, like really small paperback novels that were like 80 pages with like huge illustrations in them. That's pretty much what I was doing. And then that same first grade teacher gave me Bone. Uh, it was a scholastic reissues in color. It was uh, number six, Old Man's Cave. I had no context for anything that was going on in the story, but I'd never seen a comic like that at that mm-hmm. point. And I just fell in love with that. And then that's whenever I started to really understand what comics were. And my dad had a copy of Pippin Norton by Dave Cooper in the bathroom. And I was not allowed to read it, uh, but I would, I would go in there all the time and read that shit. I was going to say, of course you were reading it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah. So um, you did mention that you didn't stop making art. Were you doing paintings or what were you doing, you know, in your downtime from comics, you know, between middle school and high school? Yeah, I just wanted to be like Robert Williams, where he just does these huge uh, illustrations that are just not not even comics or just random images. Mm-hmm. And I did a ton of those throughout high school, like just a ton of just like eighteen by twenty four colored illustrations with just uh, they pretty much look like how I draw now, but it's but they're in color and they, there's no comics involved. And I just wanted to do that, and then I got really really bored. And I started doing this weird thing uh, in my sketchbooks where I would draw something really big and then I would draw the exact same thing really small. And it, it, it doesn't sound like anything, but I think that was like m- my brain trying to tell me that I wanted to like redraw the same thing. Like how, like in a comic where you, you're, you know, you're drawing the same thing over and over again, like a character, or like a background. 
but I didn't know why I wanted to draw. I just kept repeating, I don't know, just kept repeating things in my sketchbooks. And then I realized it was because I wanted to do comics. Hell yeah. You know, you mentioned that, you know, it always kind of comes back to comics. Do you think that you're a lifer at this point? I mean, I know that's, you know, a big question. You know, you have your whole life in front of you, but do you feel like you're going to be involved with comics on and off or, you know, consistently for a while? Oh, yeah. I think so now. I think because I've I've realized what I really want to do is uh, comics because it's just everything. It combines everything that I've wanted to uh, pretty much do. Like I can do those huge illustrations for like a cover or just like a random, you know, interior cover or something. And it's uh, there's more meat to it because it's part of something else. It's not just a random image. And uh, yeah, I think just everything I've ever wanted to do is is there for me in comics. Well, and I do want to get back to uh, comics, of course, but um, I do want to talk about your day job, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you post the work on there, you know, mm-hmm. on the uh, on your Instagram. <laughs> so you're a character artist during the day at the, is it the Philly Zoo? Yeah, Philly Zoo. Yeah. Okay. Did you want an art job? Did that kind of fall into your lap? Is that something that, you know, because usually the uh, dynamic of work is you go to work and you don't want to do anything that resembles work, you know, at home. <laughs> yeah. So you do that shit all day. You know, you're making comics and drawing. Do you do you like that or do you hate that? Well, your hand hurts after a while. Of course, yeah. But (laughs) I started doing caricatures in 2016. I used to work at Dorney Park, which is just it's just like Six Flags, but just like way more dirty. Hang on, 2016. So this is five years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the the story of that is, um, so I had see I used to live in Allentown, PA, which is an hour from Philly. Mm-hmm. And there's a, the place Dorney Park. And anyone from Eastern PA knows, and probably New Jersey and New York know about Dorney Park. Uh, and it's just, uh, we had season passes and I would go and, and I would just pretty much just watch the caricature artists the whole time. My, my family would go do rides and stuff. I was just too scared to go on the rides. And uh, I would Did just they ever watch tell you them. To fuck off. <laughs> no, and they probably should have because I was really, really, uh, I was really there every like every day because uh-huh. I lived really close. And I would just watch them, and then they all they all got to know me, and they were like eighteen and twenty one and sixteen. I was thirteen. It was kind of weird dynamic, but I was never rude, and I was never uh, that annoying. I would just watch them from like afar. Mm-hmm. But then they started to know me and they would do like free demo drawings of me. And like one time, this guy, Brian, who worked there, he let me come in at like 930, like 30 minutes before they closed and let me draw at the easel. And I, and like he, he taught me a lot of stuff even when I wasn't even working there. He was like just pretty much just giving me free training. And uh, then the next year, I applied like properly. And I, my first day was on my 14th birthday <laughs> when I was finally legally able to work. And I've pretty much been doing it ever since then. But now it's the same company that runs the caricatures and Dorney is the one that's in the Philly Zoo. So it's just a transfer. Do you have much creative freedom or do you feel like you have creative freedom doing a job like that? I mean, obviously you got to draw the person, but I mean, yeah. do you make it fun for yourself in any way or do you find it fun? Uh, I'm pretty much phoning it in every day now. Hell yeah. I I couldn't be more jaded (laughs) at that job. Yes. I've lost, I've lost every bit of, of love, every bit of joy. It's pretty much just a sleazy sales job. You're just constantly upselling people on on frames, on mats, on tubes, which is where we, it's just a toilet paper roll and uh, two caps at the end and we roll the paper up and it's eight bucks. 
And, um, but, but for creative freedom, no, not really pretty much phoning it in. There's a, there's a style that is known when you think of caricature mm-hmm. and you, you know, if I were to draw a person the way I draw comic, it's so, it, it couldn't be more different. It would be an automatic reject. And the goal is to get it done as fast as possible. Right. So I, I, I don't want to spend too much time being creative. By the time the person sits down, I just want it to be over. Right. Do you ever purposefully try and draw the subject as ugly as possible? <laughs> yeah. So that actually happened one time. Me and my friend Topher were drawing uh, some people in mm-hmm. Torney. Yeah. They were being so rude. They were, they were just being total dicks and uh, like pretty much just telling us how to do our job. And, you know, on, on a July Saturday at three o'clock, it's over. Like there's no more empathy, no more uh, <laughs> ki- kindness and customer service. Yeah. And so, you know, it's 100 degrees out and uh, we just want to leave. It was 2018 and they were just being rude. And so I whispered to him and he was the one drawing. I said, make them cry. <laughs> probably not the best way to go about it but i wouldn't have, i wouldn't do that today but what was the reaction did they get pissed so he drew the girl was like can you make my hair not big because her hair was just frizzy because it was hot out right and so he made it so the girl's head was at the bottom and basically two-thirds of the page was just her huge hair and then her boyfriend was at the top grinning and with the razor. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Hell yeah. And so they saw it and the guy was just beyond pissed. And so he was just talking like, are you serious? Like, is this a joke to you? And we we're kind of like, yeah, kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. It's pretty messed up, but I was getting paid eight bucks an hour. I did not care at all. I mean, I thought the point of caricatures was to make them as ugly as possible. Well, that's what everybody thinks, except uh, you'd really be surprised. Some people just, they think it's going to be like... The fuck? You think this is like a Renaissance painting? You think you're like some fucking duke or some bullshit? (laughs) They think it's going to be cute is why. And and Uh. so... Like the, the guy was like, he's like, you think it's real funny? It's going to be real funny when I slam your skull into the concrete. And it wasn't even comedic. He was just like super mad. And then his girlfriend got really mad too. <laughs> and uh, we were just standing there non-confrontationally. I was really scared. I regretted everything at that point. <laughs> <laughs> when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> And so uh, then uh, we just kept the drawing and they walked away. That was it. (laughs) Did you yell die mad at them? (laughs) No, no, I should have. Actually, I was really scared, but I remember now I was laughing. And that's why he said, that's why he said, you think it's a joke? Because I was laughing really hard. (laughs) But I was petrified though. Oh, man. Yeah. And then uh, the the park got involved and they were just like, so uh, what happened over here? And we just told him the story, basically. And he said, anything like that happens again, you let us know. And um, But they were mad at us, though. <laughs> Love that the uh, artists have power that they kept their job in that situation, though, because that was complete uh, disobeying uh, <laughs> what you're supposed to do for your job. But you know, yeah. I do, I do want to ask you one last thing, because I know you probably don't want to talk about fucking work all day. Oh, no, it's, it's fun to talk about. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of fun stories, you know. Well, you mentioned there's like a style that they want you to do. What's the training yeah. look like for that? Do they have like a head artist that like <laughs> teaches that? How does that work out? Because, you know, it is a, a certain style, like we've been saying. Yeah, it's a certain style. There, the training used to be uh, there'd be like higher ups that come down and really, you know, really train you. But now it's more like 
they get the whoever is the supervisor there trains you who's already not that good. And then they get mad at you whenever it doesn't look like cute enough, pretty much. Because all the great ones are gone. Because before 2016, everybody that worked at the caricature stand at my local park was like 30 years old. And they were like masters of their craft. But the um, I guess the company doesn't really treat them very well. So they either go to a park that pays more, like somewhere in California, or quit and do their own job, like their own business. And mm -hmm. uh, But right now, it's just uh, like 15-year-olds and art school graduates who blame the world why for why they're not successful I guess. yeah all righty so um you go home after drawing all fucking day yeah is it hard for you to sit down and readjust to making comics i thought it would be because now i'm working more than i've ever worked on my own art but now when i go home it's it's like a weird way of unwinding uh and relaxing like doing the comic and it's like you know, I put a DVD in the DVD player and I just like, I'm just like, my hand is still kind of on fire, but it's like the feeling like when you go on a walk and then you finally sit down and it kind of feels like, like I'm, I'm not really exerting a lot of energy drawing the, the comic. So it's like, I'm relaxing and working at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's probably super unhealthy. I, I haven't done it long enough now to see the impacts, the negative impacts. Yeah. I was going to say you need to look up some exercises and whatnot if you're uh, not because yeah don't want you coming I mean, out my, the end of the, the wrong yeah. way yeah yeah my hand's kind of on fire right now but that's just because i was lifting a ton of boxes yesterday at the zoo we have to do a lot of uh like when we get new frames we have to walk it, it, it's it's a very labor intensive job <laughs> Sounds like uh, that part would suck ass, especially in the heat. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much used to it at this point. But I, I can imagine anybody that's that thought it would just be drawing, they would probably be pissed. Right. Do you set a schedule for yourself with making comics? Like, or are you pretty much just like you know you seem prolific enough to where it seems like you probably have a lot of dedication to making sure you get your shit done? That's what it seems like from an outsider's perspective. But do you keep a regular schedule, or do you? What do you do? Like, what's the process like for you? Uh, I mean, I think it's really flattering that people think I'm prolific because it, it feels like I didn't, sometimes I'm not getting anything done, but it's just being in my own head, you know, but I, I don't do schedules. I always feel like I want to do start doing schedules, but I pretty much just do a to-do list before I go to bed. And if I'm working the next day or if I'm not working the next day, I try to get everything on that to-do list done. I have a monthly to-do list and then a daily to-do list that I write before the before the day. Hell yeah. And that's pretty much it. And whether or not it gets done, I you know, it just goes to the next day. But I really, really try to get everything done as much as I can. Are you uh, taking any days off or are you drawing comics pretty much seven days a week? Seven days a week. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah I don't, only time I take um, days off is when my girlfriend, uh, if like my girlfriend lives an hour away because she, she lives in Allentown right now and she goes to Temple. But they sent everybody home, you know, at the beginning of COVID. I live in I live in Philly just on my own with, with a roommate. Mm -hmm. And so if she comes up to visit for like two weeks, I'm not, I'm not even sitting down at the drawing table. And uh, or if I'm visiting down there, I'm not drawing anything. So do you find that nice, though, being able to take a break? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I really wish I really wish I did. And I do think that there is some mental health issues going on with not being able to feel good about not working. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like there's, there, I don't think there's another way to, you know, I'm not going to finish a book by going on the spa, you know? Right. <laughs>
So I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's good that you I have like this it. work ethic already. I mean, to be honest, like it's it's really impressive. I mean, you know. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah, but you do have a point about the mental health thing. No, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Something's yeah, gonna constantly crack. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you hit a point of burnout yet? No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, I almost, I was in kind of a block, but anytime I have a like a uh, something that feels like a block, it's just it, I feel like it's not real because uh, I do have so many ideas. It's just I don't know I don't know if they're good. So, but I I think uh, a lot of it's a lot of what makes any idea good is just execution. So I don't think it re- I just get hung up on if the idea is good, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day with ideas. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you're just working through it, you know, so at the end of the day, like you said, it's the execution, it's getting shit done. And um, even myself and a lot of people on here at the show, you're your own worst critic, you know, so you might think it's a bad idea, but you know, the execution proves otherwise. So uh, you've started to work with this uh, character, Alonzo Sneak, and you said earlier that, you know, you want to build, you know, a universe around him. Do you think that this is something that you're going to stick around with, you know, for a long, long time or just something that you're going to do for a couple of years? Hmm. Yeah, I really have no idea. I hate I hate to say because I did say universe. But I really hate saying that because I feel like it just uh, it just sounds like uh, I'm like a Marvel idiot like uh someone that wants to do like the mcu and i really just fucking hate i cannot stand anything like that but I, when i say universe i just mean like uh this like just like the same cast of characters and uh different kinds of stories that you think wouldn't work in yeah that, that doesn't sound coherent at all <laughs> but i just mean like yeah I, i'd want to i'd want to stick around with that idea Okay. Yeah, let's just edit that fucking piece out. I'm sorry. <laughs> it sounds like you're trying to build your own kind of fictional world in your yeah. comics. Yeah. But you there don't you want it to be interpreted as like the weak shit that uh, right. happens in comics with that right. kind of stigma. Yeah, I want to find new things to um, to draw in the same place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't fucking know. No one does. It's fine. Nope. Now, getting down to brass tacks... What's your favorite Happy Meal toy? Oh man, he's gonna say some shit that like we don't even know about, dude. Yeah, it'll be it'll be after your time. <laughs> be like some Ben Ten shit or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never liked Ben Ten. I always thought that shit was so lame. But I do like Spider the Spider Man Two toys or Spider Man Three toys from two thousand seven, where they had the big head. You know oh what I'm talking shit! About? No, I never old. saw those. Oh, hold on, that was Burger King. Oh, I'll, okay. I I'll mean, Google you can do Burger, Burger King, too. That's fine. Yeah, Burger King's for the poor people. No, Burger King actually <laughs> always had the dopest toys, though. I they swear. Did. They, they did. did. They, had That's small, true. they had small soldiers when I was growing up. They always had the license to Pokemon. The Rugrats and, like, Nickelodeon shit was always there. So, Burger King always had the cooler licenses. I mean, McDonald's would get, like, some big ones, like Power Rangers and Batman and shit. But yeah. Burger King had solid Happy Meal toys. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Uh, was it Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 3 toys? No, it's Spider-Man 3 because Spider-Man 3 was 2007. Oh, I see these. Yeah, they're a little like uh, big head statues. Yeah, okay. they, they were like really well made. Proto like, I don't Funko know. Pops. Yeah, totally. Oh. These are total, yeah, same kind of vein. I wish Funko Pops looked like that because Funko Pops, I just, I think they suck. I don't know why they mm-hmm. decided to do the, the like two eyes and nothing else. How tall are these statues? They look pretty tall. Oh, they're the same. They're pretty much the same size as Funko. I think they're actually way smaller. Like, um, they're, they're probably like two and a half inches si- or something. Yeah, like the size of like an iPhone or oh, like okay. a little less. Good. Dude, uh, the Peter Parker uh, Spider-Man yeah. has a removable mask. 
I know. Ooh. And it's I like, had that one. It's like, well, it's like his body's plastic, but the mask is cloth. That's pretty badass. Yes. And then they had one that was just Spider-Man with the plastic mask. Oh, okay. So huh. the best of both worlds all the time. Yeah, you Hell don't yeah. see that nowadays anymore. Nope. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I really want to buy them all again on eBay, but I really I don't know if I want to go down that hole. Dude, they're probably stuff. pretty cheap, honestly. I was I was actually looking uh, when I was looking, they're like between seven and ten bucks each. The yeah, removable yeah, the mask f- is like fifteen. Yeah. The thing is though, if I justify buying that, I have to I'll probably justify buying other stuff. So that's yeah, how yeah. it starts. No, you're smart. Yeah, that's exactly how it starts. Because yeah, like so. uh, But I'm the same way. For like the past two years I've wanted to buy the Batman Forever mugs. I think I've actually said that on the show for McDonald's. Um, oh, I've never seen those. Yeah, they were like glass, and like they had like uh, the Riddler, Batman, Robin, and Two Face carved into them. And like the Two Face one was sick because the handle of the mug was like it was a carving of like Two Face like flipping his coin, but it animated the coin flip in a curve on the mug, so the mug handle is like a flipping coin. It's so yes. sick. Yeah, it's so it was like sick. faux glass mugs. Yeah, it was yeah, so yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. those were pretty baller. Yeah, I kind of want a set. You can get them for like 25 bucks, but then because it's all glass shipping, it's like 25 bucks. So, yeah. <laughs> right, oh, right. man. Kinda, I don't yeah, know. Kind of worth breaks. it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, now that we're off of uh, Happy Meal toys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any other questions for him, though. So, JB, you round it out before we get into listener questions. So, uh, how did you kind of boil down your process and kind of get to where you're at now? I mean, obviously, it's a constantly changing thing. It, you yeah. know, it's never ending. Every time I finish a com- uh, like a comic, I always I'm like, there's like two weeks where I'm just like, I don't know how to do this. Like, how did I ever make anything? I don't know how to draw. Like, how do you do panel borders? I don't know. And I like, I'm looking up how to make a comic on YouTube. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so so sad. I I, I just forget everything because I while I'm doing it, it's just about finishing. It's just about getting it done. And I'm not like working smart and like taking note of things I do that help like make the process better for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, like, but that comes through. I mean, like, as we had mentioned, you've been doing this for a minute now, for a while, considering how young you were when you started. But it's, yeah. you know, it's like a constant fucking struggle. And you yeah. eventually figure it out. Or you don't. And you just keep making the same mistakes. But I don't know. I well, feel like there's a lot of big names that do that. Yeah, probably. Sure. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm always doing it wrong. Like there's always something I could do. Like, I don't know how, I seriously don't know how anybody draws panel boards. That's a genuine thing. I have a way where I, I, so do you guys know, um, those like screw, screw clamps where it's like a, like a metal clamp. And then at the bottom you, uh, turn it to tighten it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two of those and a plastic ruler. And so on my desk, so the plastic ruler acts as like a, a ledge. And so I stick the edge of the paper up to the ledge and I have a uh, I have a straight edge triangle thing and I do the straight lines like that. But I don't know how anyone – like do people just hold up the ruler to the paper and hope that it's straight? Like uh, T-squares. T-squares. Oh, yeah. Well, I've tried a T-square and it keeps falling off my desk. So Oh, you need uh, – yeah, you need to do it like on uh, either one of those drawing tables or get one of those uh, fiberboard – uh, what do you call it? Like drawing boards with the clamps on the top. Oh, okay. All so right. that might be able to help you. Another quick, easy way of doing it that I've heard of is taking gridded paper and then drawing oh, out your snap. panel lines that way and then uh, light boxing it onto your page. That uh, and I've also seen people like do like a nine panel layout, six panel layout, four, and they just like literally take an exacto knife and cut it and just like. Oh hell no! Fuck that! Oh. No 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 no! <laughs> yeah, that sounds like more work. 
that is that is <laughs> i've seen people do that though like and they lay it over the page and they can just trace the boxes you know sorry to um, anybody who does that but you're wrong uh, a lot of i mean a lot of people now what they'll do and, and this might not apply because you might not like the aesthetic of it but a lot of people when they're doing their pencils and digital they'll also print out the panel lines mm-hmm. yeah nate hate I, nate you hate digital work right can't i it's it's uh it's it's yeah. I wouldn't cheat on my PSSA assessment. I wouldn't cheat on my comics. <laughs> <laughs> I cheat every Sorry, day. Sorry, does any? Yeah. I realize PSSA is a Pennsylvania standardized testing for middle schoolers that nobody else would know about. That we got mm-hmm. a couple people from Pennsylvania that listen. I think. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Philly's got a pretty like decent little comic scene. You guys have Partners and Sons as a shop. And then you got the Reptile yeah. House crew. Like, do you hang out with any comics people up there? I think Pat Alizio's up there too, actually. I, I hang out with um, Steve, and Ar- Steve Arnold. Okay, shout out know? Steve Arnold, yeah. Shout out Steve Arnold. Yeah. Fantastic letterer. And he's great, uh, but no, I don't really hang out with anybody. I don't really make time slash want to do that. So Hell yeah. I just, uh, I know we got, who we got? We got Charles Burns up here. We got Lale Westvind up here. We got Mr. Box Brown up here. Okay. But no, I've never seen any of them. I, I don't. I don't think, uh, I think also because COVID, I probably would have seen people if I did a zine fest or something. But Have you done any shows ever? Nope, never done a show. Okay, gotcha. And you're doing Space in Columbus, right? Yeah, Assuming yeah. Delta doesn't kill it? Oh, Delta is definitely going to kill it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a poster for it right now, and I'm leaving Space to uh, write what could have been, and then write Space, because uh, Josh Pettinger and I are sharing a table there. Okay. And so it's just a drawing. It's like the hate ball poster, kind of, if you've seen that, but... So are you drawing it for yourself or is space actually like letting you draw the oh, event no, poster? No, no, no. I'm just drawing it for myself. Oh, okay, okay. And I want to sell prints of it if the show doesn't happen. I got gotcha. you. Or if the show does happen, I'll, I want to sell prints of it. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'll be there assuming Delta doesn't kill it and uh, I feel safe. So um, yeah. I'll be there with I y'all. don't think that there's a, there's any kind of way that that's happening. But we'll no, see. not at all. But um, <laughs> I'm tabling with MS Harkness, which I think we, ta- we asked to be close to you. So Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to cough in your direction if that's cool. That's cool. I got COVID already. <laughs> All right, so. sick. Didn't get did, Delta, though. Did it suck for you? No. Uh, I Well, so I got COVID in April, and I was I was like 12 pages into my last book, Alonzo. Wait, didn't you get it like right after getting your first vaccination, too? Yep. <laughs> okay. yep. I got my first vaccine two weeks uh, it was like three weeks before I got COVID, and I've I've been like the most careful bat. Like I I didn't hang out with anybody, and my friends were like really well. My my friend was really starting to hate me for it because uh, I really only I don't really I just hang out with like two or three people ever. But they were like super upset that I was just like they're like don't you ever get lonely? I'm like no, and it's like I'm a cartoonist. This is how it goes. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I was in born a, in the darkness. Uh, <laughs> we're just built different. <laughs> I'm in a huge place of privilege because I just draw all the time. I can't imagine anybody without hobbies in quarantine. It must be horrible. Right. But uh, yeah, I was like, no, I'm not really lonely. I just do this and I'm fine with it. And I was just paying rent with um, pet portraits and stuff. I live in a mouse house and a roach house mm-hmm. right now. And it's Yeah, your it- apartment should be condemned from what I've seen. Oh, yeah. It, well, it should be listed as a biome in schools, really, because <laughs> I've probably seen so many different shapes of bug, and I have not, I've just got I have nightmares. I roaches in my bed. That well, that's not a nightmare that happens. I woke up mice next to my bed. It's great, but why, why did I start talking about that? 
are you planning on moving soon or aren't you locked into a like a two-year lease or something no 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 no. i just renewed my lease and i didn't negotiate my rent they they raised it up 50 bucks i have a huge huge leak in my ceiling in my bedroom and i just put a bucket there And they've never they've never fixed the, that leak, and it's an old building, so they can't really fix the mice problem. I don't think. Yeah, shout out landlords. Yeah, shout out landlords, and uh, can't really fix the roach problem either because they've you know they've been here longer than I've been here. This building's from like 1930, so it's real old. Are you uh, just you know is it are you planning on staying around Philly? Do you think, or do you think you'll ever leave? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know a lot about like tax and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure people hate certain cities because of that. I've only been here since August of last year, so I I don't know really like this like the smart reasons to not like a place. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like like I don't know city tax and stuff. But I'll I don't know. I like it because I don't need a car. If I had a car, I would not be able to afford the way that I live right now because I'm pretty frugal and I just use the bus or I walk. I'm able to pay rent on the zoo and pet portraits and comics. That's it. Hell yeah. One thing that uh, is just incredible, congratulations, is uh, you actually have a French edition of Alonzo's Sneak coming out in the next month, I believe, in August, sometime this month, right? In August? Yeah, there's no date for it yet. I think uh, Jan, who is Zine Panique, who is publishing it, is going to be sending it to the printer on Monday. So we'll see. It should be this month. Yeah, in August. Hell but, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's very impressive, you know, and that that's a comics market that, you know, you can actually make money in uh, the European comics market just because they take it so seriously over there. And one incredible thing that, you know, just absolutely flooring to me is you got the cowboy Hank dudes to do a strip in your book. So how did that come up? Yeah. How'd that come up? Uh, so I've been obsessed with cowboy Hank yeah. uh, uh, for, for a long time and the guy that's publishing the book, and by the way, it's still it's still small press, so it's not like it's. Uh, and I'm not trying to understate it at all. I'm just I don't want people to be like I don't know. Mad Nate at sold me. out. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Just like uh, I don't know. I feel like it's weird to brag about something that, that's still small press, and I feel like I'm not. I don't think I'm bragging about it, but you know. Oh. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, Jan is friends with uh, Peter, who is her seal, which is the guy that draws it. I didn't even know his name was Peter, by the way. So cool, he's bald. And Jan reached out and um, to see if he could do like a pinup for the book because he knows how much I love Cowboy Hank and, and mm-hmm. I, I've read that Smoke Signal issue that Gabe Fowler published uh, that De- Desert Island put out. Yeah, uh, and it just inspires everything. It's just like the perfect comic. I don't know. I, I don't know how else to say it, but it's just perfect. And anyway, yeah, he reached out to to uh, her seal about doing a pinup. And then he ended up just doing a full strip. It's like freaking six panel strip. And so it's just the honor of my entire life, pretty much. Even it's, uh, it's, it's going to be like, it doesn't have anything to do with Alonzo, you know, but it's still, you know, it's still super nice that he would think, you know, that he would do that for like a small press, you know, zine pretty much. Well, I mean, it's a huge stamp of, you know, endorsement from him to even want to publish something like Cowboy Hank that's famous, you know, worldwide in your book. I mean, you think about it this way, there's going to be Cowboy Hank completionists that are going to get that just for a one page strip. And then also on top of that, be exposed to your work. So it's like a win win situation. And he's in a position to where he doesn't have to do stuff like that, in my opinion. Um, So for him to work with you, I just, you know, congratulations. That's incredible. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, I don't know how Jan tricked him or tricked his <laughs> tricked his assistant to trick him into doing it. Uh, I think he's probably just really nice. I don't know. Yeah. Europeans are 
or they just got sweet blood or something. I don't know. Aren't the French assholes? Well, I didn't. I didn't even know this, by the way. But apparently, Belgium. In Belgium, people speak French. I I didn't know that. Mm. But that's where. That's oh right, yeah, he is Belgian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I thought was just Belgian. Thinking, I was just was, thinking your French edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I always thought Belgium was like a mix between German and something else, but apparently it's just French. I don't know. And no. and yeah, but he didn't seem like an asshole from any kind of interaction three times removed that I've seen. Oh, did he uh, read the Alonzo comic? Did he have anything to say about that? Uh, no, nothing. I heard. <laughs> But he, Jan gave him uh, a copy a while ago. So Very he cool. obviously, I guess, likes it because he agreed. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't expect any kind of uh, communication. You know, I'm just so happy that he even, you know, he even agreed because it wasn't even my idea. It was just a, a, like a super nice thing that Jan thought of. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. Your publisher looking out for you and everything. That's, you know, really cool. It's good yeah. to feel like, you know, they're, you know, doing stuff for you. So that's kind of rare in comics. So, you know, shout out to, is it coming out as like under Zine Panique? How, what's the, uh, yeah. So Zine Panique is like the name, I guess that he is using for the, the fanzine publisher. and his, uh, publishing. By gotcha. the way, the Zine Panique fanzine is fantastic. It's I can't read a word, but it's uh it's like the production value is like I hate to even use the word zine because it's just so. Oh yeah, it, nothing about it says zine. No, it, or fanzine or anything like that. It's just like mm-hmm. it's beautiful and uh, yeah, the motherfuckers doing acetate covers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Nathan Cowdery <laughs> did the cover for issue three, and it's first of all just like one of the coolest covers ever. Mm-hmm. And it's acetate, which is like I've never even seen a cover of a zine like that, like yeah, a floppy totally. book. But the Cowboy Hank thing was a great payday for the many hours of hand lettering French translation. So I'm very thankful. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's go ahead and get into listener questions. We did get quite a few for you. Uh, before we do, though, as always, if you want to participate in the shows, we have a Discord. Just uh, DM at Gutter Boys Pod on Instagram or Twitter or me personally at Cam Del Rosario. I'll send you a link. Just don't screenshot. Don't be a cop. Uh, you can submit questions there. And there's a lot of, you know, cartoonists drawing, talking and stuff throughout the day. Pretty cool place. Uh, also, we put up questionnaires on our Instagram and Twitter so you can reply to those uh, a couple days before we record. And uh, that's how you get your questions in. So uh, first question. Uh, uh, from Instagram came from previous guest, friend of everybody here, Jasper Jubinville. Uh, Jasper wrote in to ask Nate, ask him how he likes being in my shadow. <laughs> All right, Jack. God is ass. All right. God is ass. <laughs> okay, JJ. Only thing I, w- I would respond to that with is, uh, Jasper, how does it feel to spend two and a half years not shipping stuff out? <laughs> Jasper actually owes me a package too. <laughs> dude, he owes me so much. It's been fucking dude, he owed me something before Hornroom 1 came out. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, Jasper, so you fucked around and found out. <laughs> yeah, he really he's really got to watch his step. <laughs> Oh, by the way, by the way, Dynamite Diva, the collection, uh, by the way, what, what month is it? I think it's August. <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure that was supposed to come out, uh, oh, I don't know, spring 2021? Damn. <laughs> it's almost, it's fall, dude. Nate just disregarding the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, the pandemic where he has to go out, he has to go out into a crowded area to draw his comic every day. Yeah. It's part of his process, man. Don't shame him. Oh. 
That's right. Nate's like, I'm in the crowd drawing every day and coming home and doing the work, baby. People are coughing into my mouth as I draw. Right. I survived COVID, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. And Jasper Jasper and I both draw the same paper size, too. So I really, really don't know what's taking him so long. (laughs) I don't know. maybe, Maybe he just takes things in a little bit slower. Yeah, now that you're on the main feed, we're bringing you both onto Patreon. Oh, baby, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm still waiting time. on... It's like hobo fights, but with kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he's old. There, it's like the daycare that got busted a few years ago for having the child fight club with toddlers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Toddler fight club. That is the next bonus episode. <laughs> I'm still waiting on my Matsumoto zine. I'm waiting on Dynamite Diva 1 and 2. I'm waiting for my Ugly Dynamite Diva contest prize, which, by oh. the way, I already found out what it was, and uh, I sent him. Oh, I also sent him a kiss on the uh, forehead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I sent him Hornerum Three as a trade for this uh, old Robert Crumb comic that I don't have. I still haven't gotten that. <laughs> by the way, Hornerum Three came out in fucking March. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I'm not bitter about no, it. Man, if you want to do the real flex, drop a collection like like a month before his. No, come on, do it. Yeah, I love the uh, I I love you all because you all obviously are friends, but I also love that you all take the gloves off and it's a really good dynamic. Yeah, no gloves here. But all anyway, right. Jasper, it feels great being in your shadow. <laughs> Uh, okay front of the show box brown asked teach me how to draw a horse that's not really a question box thanks for the question mr box (laughs) bro Uh, put the stogie down (laughs) uh Uh, let me let me get to uh, maddie's question here well i was just gonna say about the horse uh, i only know how to draw a horse from doing caricatures because we've had to draw like girls on unicorns and stuff like that oh that makes Mm. sense yeah I would not know how to draw a horse without that job. I would not know how to draw a lot of stuff. So, Box, what you need to do is you need to go get a season pass to the zoo and <laughs> sit and observe Nate like he did the character artist, and you'll learn how to draw a horse. There right. you go. Yeah. Our boy Maddie asked, how many times have you made yourself sick from eating expired food? <laughs> <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> Nate, some of the pics you used to post were just vile, bro. Oh, I know. Yeah, one time I... uh... You have stepped up your cooking game, though, admittedly. No. I don't know what makes you think that. I I think I just limited my... my, uh... Well, you're buying bagged chicken and salads now. How can you fuck that up? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, food is just fuel. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, one time Nate was uh, on like... uh... I guess like video chat with us and he asked us if this mayonnaise was good and it literally looked like water. Oh, <laughs> it looked like oil. Uh, <laughs> well, fuck. the thing is, I thought it was like that thing when you have Greek yogurt in your fridge and it separates a little, you just got to stir it up. That's disgusting. <laughs> what the fuck? So I was just, cause okay, so I was it's making like the f- all natural peanut butter, all natural mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mayo, all oil. <laughs> I was trying to make a garlic aioli for my frozen fries. And by the way, those fries were just horrible. <laughs> because I thought, so I hate whenever you make frozen fries and they're not crispy, right? I don't have an air fryer. I'm not going to get one out of space. And so I was trying to look up how to make fry, fries crispy. And so they, I saw this thing where you put the fries in like um, a bowl of water to make it so like the starch like goes away so it'll, it'll be like crispier. Mm-hmm. And I found out that's only if you're hand cutting 
cutting the potatoes. If they're frozen fries, they're already cooked. I didn't know that. So I was putting oil on the pan <laughs> and I was putting it in the in the um in the oven and I was like, "Oh man, why are my fries why, am I, why do my fries always burn?" It's because I was putting oil and and putting and making them dry. And I didn't know they were already cooked cuz they're just the pre the pre-bagged fries. Right. Uh so yeah, that yeah. It's all trial and error and like 4 or 5 years you'll be fine, man. We all go through it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But I right. I've eaten a lot of expired food. Alrighty, next question came from Instagram user Stimling. Did I say that right? Stimling. Stim- I think it's Stimling. I don't know. Stimling. Okay. That's Stim- Travis. Okay, what up, Travis? Uh, Travis said, for Nate, uh, will we be seeing any gup-gup on any new existential journeys soon? Uh, Probably not. I feel like that, I thought that that was like my best comic I've ever made whenever I was making it. Mm-hmm. And turns out it's like a lot of people really don't like it. Like, I, like just my friends, I, I've just asked like their brutal opinion. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I really, I, I was like losing interest in it because it was just, uh, I don't know what it was. Probably not though, Travis. Probably not. Mm. It, that was a, it, it took place in Hornrim 1, 2, and 3, mm-hmm. at, which were my first comics that I actually published, like that weren't just for myself. And uh, I thought they were really good when I was making them, which is probably the sign that it's shit when you're <laughs> starting out. You just feel like you're cooking. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa, this is going to be so cool. Hell yeah, I'm going to put some and oil on these Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fuel, baby. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is like, wow, this is like my Mickey Mouse. It's like, wow, Uncle M 2035. I'm going to be drawing this in books, this little character. <laughs> and uh, and no, it's just complete shit. So goodbye, Cup Cup. Okay. So uh, yeah, next question. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. We got some, we got some good listeners here. Finally. Uh <laughs> Oh my god! Connard fifty four asked, "Have you seen the picture of the two headed girl giving top?" No, well, I haven't either. Have you seen it? Of course, man. Bro, I'm you're not missing out. Okay, no, right. no. I'm gonna go <laughs> ahead and jump imagine. over here to the next question. <laughs> uh, we should change our web address to gutterboys.twoheadedgirlgivingtop. <laughs> Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Are you talking about the two-headed? Oh, I thought you were talking about the three-headed girl. What? Giving no. top. Oh, I, oh, I look at the two-headed one. I look at the two-headed one every night. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, okay. okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul along the Watchtower asked, how did Nate find out about Gutter Boys? Yeah, I just found out from Eddie Raymond, Strangers Fanzine. Oh, by the way, everybody that talks about Eddie and everybody that talks about Strangers just says Eddie. If you look up Eddie, you're not finding shit. So it's Eddie Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> I just know what a docs, dude. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. Well, I didn't. All right, sorry. Never mind. Leave I, it in. <laughs> as I'm saying that, I'm I, as I'm saying that, I'm actually realizing probably that's probably on purpose from him. He probably just doesn't want people to know his yeah. life. He signs everything as Eddie. So um, yeah. All right, I take it back. Yeah, his name is Eddie, not Raymond. It's not Raymond. That's yeah, not his last yeah, name. Yeah, I think yet. it's like it's like Eddie Jones. I don't know. Van Halen. Think, yeah. Yeah. But he just t- he just told me about it. Well, because we were just talking about Ed Pisker one day, and I was like, "Yeah." So I was watching this video of uh, it was Jim and Ed unboxing uh, Daniel Klaus Artist Edition, and this was like a while ago. I used to watch I used to watch him all the time. I learned so much from those videos. You know, mm-hmm. I I really don't like uh, what they're doing now. 
I've also just lost interest really in just the videos. But uh, there was the one where they were, they were unboxing the artist edition, Daniel Klaus. And then Ed is saying, oh, yeah, for the complete eight ball, Daniel Klaus, man, he just keeps bitch slapping me. And I'm like, wait a second. Do you think you're on the same level as him? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about bitch slapping <laughs> and and he's like yeah he keeps bitch slapping me he he printed on the inside of the of the box for the collection and i was like dude what <laughs> what are you talking about like i feel like that's something like i don't know like someone on in the same level as klaus should be saying like i don't know like maybe like Jaime would say, oh, yeah, oh, I really like the cover of that, you know, collection, how he redid it, oh, he bitch slapped me. But, like, also Jaime probably wouldn't say that. Yeah, no. Right. He's saying that, you know, it's probably masking some kind of insecurity there. Right. Um, I don't know. Actually, I don't have. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I don't have anything publicly against Ed Piscor or, or anybody like that. It's just, I just thought that was like, and I, I mentioned it to Eddie. I was like, did you notice that? Like, that was just, I just thought that was just such a weird thing to say. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need to have some sort of like vendetta or fucking like blood oath against someone just because you think they're corny as fuck. Yeah. I just, I also just don't get the, um, the, this is for all my words. (laughs) Yeah. And for anybody, since we have like listeners that hang on to things we say, somebody (laughs) could say, oh, well, they, they, it does seem like, you know, they care about this guy. It's, this is a comedy podcast. I know some of you all don't view that this way, but this is a comedy comics podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Anyone that's getting this motherfucker. Let us cook. Yeah, bro. No, this is it, comics are not about having fun. You no have jokes. to be serious. Yeah, no jokes allowed. I also don't get the whole. Um, I really hate to say this because, but like, I feel like they both of them have kind of made it because they what they they've appealed now to the um, stand like the regular the main comics Wednesday crowd. Com- yeah, mainstream comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah Wednesday yeah. comics guy, and so they this Wednesday comics guy is used to like thinking like that everybody's a celebrity in comics and so they go they go to the fanographics section of whatever SPX it, or I don't know, not SPX but like a Heroes Con where there's like you know isn't there like an indie area indie island I think they call it yeah and so like they they see Ed Pisker and they're just like oh man it's like I'm seeing Mark Anthony and it's like no <laughs> Mark Anthony <laughs> yeah I don't know I was just trying to think of a celebrity you know <laughs> I guess that's how they feel yeah, I mean, he's, wrong. he's not wrong <laughs> yeah I, I I mean, he, I mean, I'm just trying to think of an, a modern icon, you know. <laughs> gotcha. But, but I, I think that both Ed and Jim have kind of embraced that, like this, like weird celebrity aspect of their brand, and it's like nobody else is like that. Like nobody. I, I really don't think that they. I don't know. I just think it's lame. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, next question came from Instagram user Chuck Knight. Favorite shop in Philly? Sh- uh, comic shop. Yeah, I would assume. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, my favorite shop no, in Philly is got to be, be Walmart. Shop. Yeah. Walmart, yeah. <laughs> Walmart does sell comics now. They sell comics, get comics, and yeah. DC comics. They do, yeah. <laughs> I actually I came it, across one. I should send you a picture of the photo I took. It was like a whole you, cardboard stand in an aisle. Of the comics gate people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen I've seen people on Twitter post them. I'm like, Jesus. I like the idea that uh, if, if there could be a world where comics are ex- as accessible as like sprite can or something that'd be kind of cool if they're like everywhere yeah i think it's great that comics are in walmart i just you know it sucks that those comics are in walmart (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a reason why they're like those are the only ones, you know. But yeah, like uh, imagine if their entire like Blu-ray selection was just like those fucking straight to TV movies from the Christian right. channels. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> I, I hear about uh, all of you old people that were born in the '80s and '90s who are talking about how they saw issues of Batman in the supermarket line. It's just like, I mean, I, I probably don't really care that it's Batman or like Marvel or anything, but it's just cool. Like, yeah. go to the gas station and there was like comics. Oh, like, yeah. Whoa. 100%. It used to be at 7 Eleven. 7 Eleven, yeah. I, yeah. I just, I cannot even picture that. There would be a spinner rack in every like gas station. Yeah, that was, <sighs> that was the fucking, the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you'd get like 16 titles that all be Marvel and DC, but I mean, you could still get, you know, comics everywhere. Right. Like, right. Bizarre. And I mean, it's still, I, maybe it's just in Kentucky, but there's definitely still Archie Double Digest in the pick, uh, checkout lines here. Oh, yeah. That's a, yep. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a thing. Which is crazy that Archie still finds stock. I mean, somebody's got to be buying it. I mean, they've been doing it for 40 years, you know? So, yeah. do you think people with Alzheimer's cool. like buy those books and they just have like 20 copies of the same issue? Oh my god. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of those books are just reprints. So if they're yeah. old people that have been buying them for years, yeah. I mean, I've got so many Archie books that are just reprints of the same stories and Awesome. I yeah. love that I love the art the Archie model. Not model. Just like the, the style? um No no no. Like the fact that it's like in everybody's mind that that's what you see in a supermarket oh, is just so yeah, like yeah. Oh, their brand. When I it's guess. Halloween right, when it's Halloween time, there's a Halloween Archie collection yep. at, in Target. It's just like that's just so cool. Yeah. That's actually the only time I'll buy a double digest because like they're like ten bucks now. Like they used to be like three or four when I was a kid. But uh Yeah, they're expensive now. It's thanks, yeah, China. I'll, I'll, no kidding. <laughs> I don't Jesus. even know what that means. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Obama. Yeah, thanks. thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like I'll only buy the Halloween special now. Um and yeah. that's just because I like Halloween shit. Yeah. But, yeah. I wanted to have a Halloween comic out by then, but I don't think it's happening. Yeah, that's something I want to do every year, and it's never happened yet. <laughs> I mean, I've done anthologies, but like yeah. you know, I've never done a solo Halloween book. It's because you never want to do anything that's Halloweeny until after summer, and then too late. If you really wanted to, yeah, yeah. If you really like, wanted something, you have to do it way before. For real, like you got to start working on it in like March, April. You know, yeah. it's like I don't want to fucking think about Halloween right now. I mean, I, if you wanted to really speed it up, I guess you could, but I, I, I got other things too. I mean, that yeah. that really easy press book. 666 was supposed to come out on in Halloween, but uh, yeah, it's just, is that still coming out this Halloween? Did volume it already come two, out? I don't know. Issue one is like all has been oh, out man. for almost a year now. If yeah. there's at least one Halloween themed small press comic, I'll be happy. I like to read things that are happening like now. I'll say it right now. There's a I'm doing a Halloween anthology that the uh, proceeds are going to charity. A bunch of people in the Gutter Boys Discord were like, yeah, let's do a Halloween anthology because I was like talking about the one we did a couple of years ago. And uh, so there will be a little Halloween anthology coming out. Nate, if you want to do a strip for it, you can. You don't have to. Yeah. So I might do it. Yeah. Uh, Evan's doing the cover. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. And uh, Jazz know, is in it. Mark Martinez. Michael Sweater and Benji said they were interested, but I haven't talked to them in a while. So don't quote <laughs> me on that. Um, you but should yeah. just keep all the profits, Cam. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. But I do want to... <laughs> we, we haven't decided on a charity yet. I want to go with something like with dogs or, you know, animals. Um, yeah. Just, but uh, yeah. You should give to the Puerto Rican fund. Yeah. You AKA know. me. Yeah. <laughs> just Nate. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Instagram user King of Nails. Shout out to Jonathan. He asked John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, or Woody from Toy Story. Wow. What a limited view of the world. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Oh, fuck. Uh, I would have. Well, actually, so whenever I was little, 
I, I used to do the same thing as I was talking about with the Spider-Man, where I would watch the movie and pause it and then draw each scene. I would do that with Toy Story. I've seen Toy Story probably hundreds of times. And I still rewatch DVDs and movies all the time, especially when I'm working on a book because I don't have to look up. Like I've probably seen, uh, oh, this is going to sound real 19 years old of me, but I've probably seen Ghost World and Taxi Driver at least like 80 times since last year, just because it's just like the perfect movie to watch while I'm drawing. Mm -hmm. So I know everything. And then there's like three commentaries on the Criterion Collection of Ghost World. And like, I think there's like three commentaries also on the Criterion Collection of Taxi Driver. And they're from the 80s. So every time a new person talks, it's like, Martin Scorsese. And they have like a, a little robot voice say who the voice is that's talking. Because it was on like a, on a weird laser disc before. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was bad. <laughs> no, I do know. I actually know what you're talking about. The only Criterion edition of Taxi Driver was on Laserdisc. They, yeah, they, yeah. they don't have the rights for it on DVD or Blu-ray, which is, you know, oh, kind of weird. Do. They oh, do? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, no, no. Uh, I don't have the Criterion collection of Taxi Driver, the Blu-ray, and they have all the old stuff from the old Criterion. Oh, okay. Gotcha, That's gotcha, gotcha. Have. Although I do think they, I thought they did do a Criterion collection. No, I think the license expired. I mean, because there was a Criterion Laserdisc of Taxi Driver, but that's the only oh, edition of that that exists. Under wow. their, you know, banner or whatever. Yeah, anyway, right. I love that movie. So are you picking Woody? No, I'm not picking any. I'm freaking limited view of the world. But I would... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what kind of soda do you like? Coke, Sprite, or Fanta orange soda? Like, Coke. just give me... Uh, no. I, I, I can pick stay. one out of that, yeah. Oh, okay, damn. Well, anyway. anyway. Coke is classic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I would go with John Wayne, personally. No, I'm going well, Woody from Toy Story. Nah, man. I would, I, Woody can't pull off pretending to be mongolian <laughs> like think about wow. that that's that's range yeah yeah <laughs> i really like the difference between the clint eastwood and the john wayne like just the american and the european western is just it's just cool yeah to watch those back to back because they're just so different yeah they're very different yeah, yeah. Uh, but I love The Good, The Bad, and Ugly. It's probably my, one of my top 10 favorite movies. That's another one I'll watch when I draw because it's seven hours long. Dude, I, and, I love uh, spaghetti westerns. I could talk about that shit all day. Oh, my have God. You, uh, oh, have yeah. you ever seen uh, any of Sergio Corbucci's films? Uh, what did he, what did he do? Uh, his most well-known is Django. Django. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have that on hold in my library for, for like a long time. It just hasn't gotten to me yet. Oh, damn. Yeah. I mean, that one's a banger. Uh, yeah. but I actually think his other movie, The Great Silence is a little better. Hmm. Yeah. There, uh, there's a whole list of movies that, I'm, that I need to see. Dude, uh, Cam, go watch Great Silence. It fucking rocks. It has Klaus Kinski it? in it as the villain. Oh, shit. Okay. Sick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, di- I didn't really use a lot of westerns as as direct inspiration for Alonzo Sneak because I don't want it to be trapped in like a like an homage to old western movies. Right. I, I I think the western comic is like anytime I see one, it's just the worst. It's like so bad, and so boring. Like it's uh, also like you, it's really hard to top what's already been done by a lot of those French artists. Like you know, like I don't know, I I wouldn't want to be put in a position where I have to follow up with that. Right. Well, my biggest inspiration for Alonzo Sneak visually is it has anyone ever... Okay, well, you, I don't know about you guys, but I, there's definitely somebody listening that in 2019, when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, there is a Mad Magazine Once Upon a Time in Hollywood issue. and it, I've got it. Oh, you, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, it, they, they have the... Um, uh, it's uh, Lousy Law the spoof of it and it's like it's not a spoof of once upon a time in hollywood it's a spoof of bounty law the show in the movie and it's like it's uh it's got like that do a do a shade like look to it uh, where all the grays are are from scan do old duo shade and just the way that that looks 
was was how I wanted Alonzo to look. If anybody's seen it, they know what I'm talking about. No, for sure. I got you. Yeah. yeah. I subscribed to Mad because it's like a year subscription for like 17 bucks, yeah. you know, and it, it, I subscribed because it was like when they were about to close up shop and they were like, please keep Mad alive by subscribing. And I was like, well, shit, you know? Yeah, man. Okay. It sucks because those new issues aren't in any Walmarts, any pharmacies, anywhere. They, no, they're only distributed comic shops. Yeah, now. that's so crazy. Like I, I mm-hmm. used to be so excited to go food shopping in high school because I would go to Mad like food shopping with my mom and, and I would go right. to see the mad magazine was there. And that's where I saw the once upon a time in Hollywood one. And I was just so, I was just so in love with it. And uh, now it's gone. So I, yeah. I don't even see it in the comic shop now. Uh, my, my shop will get them. I see them on the wall, yeah, but yeah. it just shows how little time Warner or whoever fucking owned discovery cares about comics. Like, you know, they were just like, yeah, we're just going to act mad. It doesn't make us any money. But right. when it was, you know, DC running it and had, you know, the decisions yeah. and the reins of it, they were like, this is important. So I felt like they were putting it out because they knew how important mad was to comics as like a long running institution. Yeah. Like I see bubbles more than I see mad. And it's like, damn, mad is really just a small press shit show now, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, next question came from Instagram user Pangul underscore Dampu. Ask about the pens, paper, gear, et cetera, and storyboarding process, please. Uh, we kind of talked process, but do you have anything you want to put a bow on with that? Yeah, sure. So, yeah. So anytime I start a comic, I, I write down everything I want to do, everything I want to draw. And it doesn't even have to be related to the story. I also, I have also have like a notes folder on my phone of everything I want in the book. Just like I see something cool and I like I want to draw like like a naked lady with boots. I don't know, but um, and so then from from there I'll just do random um, stick figure pages just for, of different scenes, and uh, it's just one page with like thirty panels on it, like really small, and that's how I work out. And then after that, I pretty much just wing it, and then I edit as I go. I use cheap, cheap, like $2 brush pens that they're called Tombow. They, but they have like a ton of Japanese, uh, lettering on them. I don't know what it's, what it says, but, uh, yeah. It probably really says cheap. Akira Yoshida. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It probably does say that. Yeah. I'm sure he uses these. I'm sure. Yeah. Named after for, him. Yeah. For his studio pictures, he's got to have them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And I, and I use, uh, I buy like really like cheap, thick, the the cheapest paper that's thick at an art store that isn't computer paper. I buy that and then I cut it down to eight and a half by 11 and I just draw. Why don't you just buy eight and a half by 11 paper? (laughs) They don't sell it. Like they don't sell eight and a half by 11 paper. That's not computer paper. And I don't like it when it's uh, super smooth. Mm, So gotcha. Yeah. All right. Instagram user Benjamin C. Montreal. Uh, we probably mispronounced that, but... Uh, Sorry, Benjamin C. <laughs> he asked, do you ever sneak subversive treasures in your caricatures? Oh, we kind of touched on that a little bit. They weren't yeah. uh, they weren't very subtle, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, in like 2016, 2017 era, I would spend a long time on them and I would like, I would really try to make them like look really good, look really funny. Those were probably like completely how i draw my comics now like those old caricatures they're real bad got a lot of rejects still get some rejects but it's it's i i draw pretty much in as close to the cute style as i can uh but no as soon as they sit down as fast as it can be and i want to get them out of there and upsell them so hell yeah real sleazy yeah i mean that's hey, it's, it's your day job bro they're probably they're i don't know what you're making but they're not paying you enough Nope. Yeah. And, well, you yeah. make commission if you upsell. <laughs> it's also not that different from like any other job. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> next question. All righty. Next question uh, on Instagram came from Lolly underscore comic. 
Nate, what kind of music do you play? Play, I don't know if this person means like me or music I play when I draw. I listen to a lot of like uh, Taylor Swift. Walter Wanderley. No, not Taylor Swift. Walter Wanderley, no. yeah, shout yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. That's It's like a, like elevator music pretty mm-hmm. much, but it's just so addictive. I also listen to this uh, thing called Rupa Disco Jazz, which is like, it's like Indian disco oh, yeah. from the 80s. Do you yeah, know about this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got, I yeah. got oh, a couple man. of uh, comps. Yeah, that's, oh, that's wow. my exposure to it is like comps and YouTube playlists. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so I just listen to that. But I play. Uh, I when I, like I said when I was in high school, I just wanted to be like a rock star, and so well, I was in a band. Weren't you making a record recently? I thought I saw yeah. it in your story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've been eighty. That was with my bandmate, my my best friend Dylan. But I've been eighty percent done with a record, just of my own, for for like a year and a half. I, and I just haven't made it a priority. I just do not. I've just yeah. been doing comics. So well, and to show the duality of man. Nate uh, sent me some tracks of uh, from that record, and I'm not just saying this because, like, you know, Nate's a friend. I was actually genuinely surprised uh, that I enjoyed the tracks. Nate is uh, making really cool music, so if you ever put that out, you know, it's got good tracks on it from what I've heard. But you also have this video on your YouTube. Oh, what the <laughs> of hell? Your band getting booed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure that's unlisted, but I sent it to you. Basically, we played. A show. It was our very last show in January of 2020, and uh, we we finished the song, and it was silence. And and uh, my best friend bandmate Dylan, because well, okay, so when we had the band, when we recorded, it's just me and him. But when we had a band, we had two other friends that filled it out for us. And so we we finished the song, and no one clapped. And he says no applause, and he points at them, and then then it's just like super light applause, and then it's over. It was <laughs> it was so humiliating. <laughs> but that's uh but that's okay because were you feeling it and the audience just didn't you know yeah, reciprocate it, was, it or oh yeah well actually no 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 that that song that we did was really really bad because we wrote it before the show oh okay so gotcha we were just trying to jam we thought we could be like grateful dead and just jam for five minutes and it would be so good <laughs> oh man but it was bad it was just Fuck. bad that sounds awful <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody that was at that show knows. Oh, was fun. <laughs> that was, and that was the last show we ever played too. Nice, yeah, nice. right before the pandemic. That's why the pandemic happened, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we caused you it. All caused it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Friend of the show, Jazz Heiss asks, "Am I your best friend?" Jazz, I'm sorry. That's just not true. Damn. You're not. <laughs> Damn. Fuck off, Jazz. <laughs> no, but, I, but Jazz is great, though. Jazz is yeah, great. Jazz is rocks. Yeah. She's a mom? I mean, how could you not love moms? Yeah, I mean, we all on. love moms. Don't get show. canceled, Nate. Don't. No, 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 we don't. Right. We, we, we love our moms. We are not categorizing any individual here. No. No. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Instagram user epope underscore ink asked, what is your reaction to being called a prodigy? And that's because I phrased the question as we are interviewing child prodigy. (laughs) I mean, we brought it up before. It's not, yeah. You are a prodigy. Yeah, yeah. I don't really, uh, I I don't really like internalize that because I don't really think of, I I think prodigy, I think like five-year-old Mozart or something. Like it's like, I don't know. I think I just started really early and that's why my comics don't look that horrible. I, I don't know. But whenever really, when I think of prodigy, just the word, I think of my old boss from my caricature job was talking smack about me mm-hmm. with some other coworkers, and the other coworker told me, and they were talking about me because I was new, and they're like, oh "My gosh, yeah, he's like, he's so young in this job, like it's so crazy that he's learning all this stuff now." Blah blah blah. Because I was young, whatever. And then she says, uh, "Well, you know what they say about child prodigies?" 
And uh, I still to this day don't know what they say about them, but most not be good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> what they say me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, uh, we should make the outro um, to this episode. Smack my bitch up by Prodigy. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna put on the uh, uncut version of "Let's Get It Started" in here. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! <laughs> God damn it. I mean, you can't cancel us. The, the song was released like 10 years before this podcast even started. Mm-hmm. And well, the last time I, I checked, we're not in the Black Eyed Peas. So. Right. Not yeah. to comment on that song, but what I, what I think is crazy is that that was offensive even back then. Yeah. Like, I would think. <laughs> totally, dude. Because <laughs> the- to their credit, they, they do have that line right before the chorus where it says, in this context means no disrespect. Right. Is I that mean, actually I'm in not, the song? Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good that that's a, that that song exists. I don't think it should be a thing. But yeah, I'm just surprised that in what would that have been the early 2000s? Like when saying that word was like so uh, like I don't know, so normal. Like it was in every movie. Like yeah. it was, it's just like. I don't know. My mom still says it. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) sweetie, let's get rid of it. No, 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 no. I'm just quoting his mom. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to get canceled yet. Yeah, no, no. No, that's mm-hmm. I still got time. Uh, yeah, well, you know, give it, give it like ten more years. You're still young. Eventually, yeah. they'll they'll make being Puerto Rican cancelable. So, right, right. I'm yeah. just a little Puerto Rican. I'm you the Puerto just, Rican that could. You should just put a put a beep on you saying that word, and then <laughs> yeah. if anybody gets mad, we'll be like, we didn't really say it. It's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fill in the blank. Shout out to all my uh, homies. <laughs> oh, we had one good episode. Now we're back. Homies. <laughs> homies. All right. So now that we've ended this episode on a high note, um, <laughs> where can people find you on uh, social media? You know, get your books, etc. People can find me on Instagram at Nate Garcia's Cartoons. And by the way, people keep forgetting the goddamn S. It's Garcia's at the end. Uh, I just noticed people forget to ask, but... Is George Lopez still following you? Oh, good question. Good question. <laughs> yeah, George Lopez is still following me. By the way, I'm not actually mad about the S. It's just funny to me that people always forget it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are asking, <laughs> why aren't you showing feet? Right. Because <laughs> uh, he's not on OnlyFans. Yeah, you gotta pay for that. Come on. Okay. I'll draw it for you for 20 bucks. Oh, you draw your feet for 20 bucks? <laughs> yeah. That's a stick. Just imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but uh, yeah, so people can find me on Instagram, Nate Garcia's Cartoons. People could find me on Facebook, just my name. Don't talk um, about Facebook. Don't add him on Facebook, people. Well, if Instagram dies, that's all I got. So <laughs> yeah, You're gonna get a bunch of weirdos. That's okay. They could they could DM my mom. It's okay. <laughs> Hell yeah! And I've got I've got um uh, copies available of my latest book, Alonzo Sneak at my big cartel, Nate Garcia dot big cartel. I ditched Etsy because uh, Etsy just looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust orange apps. I was telling JB that. Yeah, very sus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Where do you go from there, huh? Yeah. Nowhere. Alrighty. Well, as always, we appreciate you all listening. Uh, thank you to Nate for coming on. I am Cam Del Rosario, JB Rowe. Uh, stay gutter.
Hari Moja, Moja, Hari Moja.